go quietly to your classes. Thank you. Praise God. All right. Did you bring your Bibles? I've been on vacation for a while, so I'm going to preach for about two hours this morning. Everybody in the back got scared, like, man, I knew I shouldn't have come today. I'm kidding. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. If she can't stay seated, we have a nursery in the back, okay, with a camera. That way, you know, she's a baby. It's not her fault. But it's hard for people to pay attention. I know she's cute. All right? So maybe you can hold her. If she'll. I was, we had this conversation with some of the leaders uh, when we were babes, and it's no fault of their own. They're babies. That's what they do. We were taught to sit in church. Listen to me carefully. We were taught to sit in church. My mom would look at us with an eye. Listen to me. My mom played piano. So my, me and my brother, uh, Jason, uh, we were both in, in baby carriers while she was doing worship. Are you hearing me? And my mom would play while, we, while she had both babies on both sides. Well, we grew up in church. We got a little bit older. And as we got older, you know, kids, we get fidgety. You know, we're kids. But even though we were fidgety, they taught us how to sit and to remain seated. And if we decided to talk or to move around, she would look at us from the piano. It was facing that way. She would be leading the people in worship while looking at us simultaneously. Listen to me. It takes a gift to do this. She was singing hallelujah while looking at us and sending us a message with her eyes that we were going to die after church. (laughs) True story. When we were misbehaving and we were right there and then we saw and we, and my mom looking with a smile on her face leading the people. Let's worship the Lord. And then with a smile she was looking at us like, you're going to get it, mijo. Okay, espérate cuando llegamos a la casa. So we learned how to sit in church. Don't get mad at me, parents. You can teach your children how to behave in the house of God. Well, how do you know? Because I'm one. I'm hyper. I'm fidgety too. But your children need to know. If I want to be fidgety in church, it's my choice. If I want to play, I can play. But I'm going to pay. We could play. But we knew if we play, we're going to pay. So it had to be worth it. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. I would crawl under the benches, but porque en aquellos tiempos we didn't have chairs, we had bancas. We would crawl under the pews back in the day, and we'd see all the older sisters. We were so little, we would fit under the pews. We would crawl, we were that little, we'd crawl under the pews, right? Mmm, bad. We'd see all the older saints. Back in the day, they would wear knee-high, knee-high roll-ups. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about in here. Medias and knee high. That's all I'm going to say about that. We would crawl as fast as we could until one of the 
until one of the deacons in the back of the church would grab us, send us back to our parents. We had a good time. But here's the point. You can teach your children how to behave in the house of God. All right. Acts 4, verse 23. You can remain seated. I'm not going to be long this morning. We have a lot going on, and uh, I'm aware that many of y'all are tired. Acts chapter 4, get your Bible or follow along on the screen. An incredible, an incredible story today about supernatural boldness. Everybody say boldness. Ooh, wow, y'all are ready today. Woo. All right, verse, chapter 4, verse 23, when they were released, speaking about Paul, uh, Peter and John, when they were released from prison, they went to their friends, and they reported what the chief priests and the elders said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God, and they said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Verse 29, watch this. And now, here's their prayer, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 31. And when they had prayed, my Lord, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were some and a few. And they were all, what? Filled with the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God with shyness with timidity, with insecurity. Boldness. Oh, today we're going to talk about supernatural boldness. Bow your heart. Father, bless our time together in your word as we sit at your feet. Feed us, Lord, the bread of heaven until we want no more. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the grace to apply. Lord, may your blessing rest upon the reading of your word and all of your people that have gathered here today. Anoint me to preach your word like you gave it to me, and we will be careful to give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I'm convinced that one of the enemy's greatest strategies as it pertains to us is to silence the believer, to silence you, to silence the followers of Jesus. Now, let's be clear. Satan hates everyone. A lot of times we think that Satan hates the church. No, the devil hates everybody. He wants to destroy everybody, but he especially hates followers of Jesus. And he especially, especially hates bold followers of Jesus. And so the enemy sets out to silence us. He sets out to silence our prayer. The enemy sets out to silence your praise. The enemy sets out to silence the preaching of the word of God. And he uses, it through, he uses different tactics. He uses fear. He uses doubt. He uses condemnation. He uses shame. He uses insecurity to get us to be quiet. The devil doesn't even mind that you come to church. He doesn't mind if you put a dollar in the bucket. As long as you just remain silent. Don't tell anybody 
about Jesus. Don't sing so loud. I told the first service, please forgive me. Every time you have an opportunity to praise the Lord, you ought to sing with all of your heart. You ought to sing your lungs out until everybody that's seated around you is just looking at you like you're funny. You ought to praise God like nobody's watching. Yesterday on the way home from the movies, we saw two girls in their Honda and they had the windows up, but you could see them jamming out. They were dancing and singing a todo lo que da. Everything they had, they were singing out. That's how many of us used to be in the world. Then we got saved, we come to church, and now we act like church mice. Hallelujah. The pastor says, shout amen. Amen. You were bold in the world, and then you got saved, and what happened to you? In Acts chapter 4, read it when you get home. In the beginning of the chapter, let me, I'm going to take it even further back. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way. I talk really fast. Please pray for me. If you miss, if you miss a word, don't worry. A transfer bus is coming in five minutes. Get that, get that one. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they're on their way to the temple to pray. And they find a beggar who was begging by the temple gate, beautiful. And you know the story, Peter and John, they look upon him, the beggar looks at them and asks them for something. Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. And your Bible, I said your Bible, I said your Bible, says that immediately that beggar who could not walk rose to his feet and was healed by the power of God. Watch. That beggar runs into the temple with Peter and John and begins to praise God because he had been healed. That's what you would do too. That happened in Acts chapter 3. Fast forward, Acts chapter 4. In the first verses now, Peter and John, they began to preach and testify about the resurrection from the dead through Jesus Christ. Now by this time, the religious Sadducees were angry. Your Bible says that they were annoyed with Peter and John because many people were coming to Christ. 5,000 men by this time had come to Jesus because of the testimony of Peter and John. Not only the testimony of Peter and John, but the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, the same chapter we when he get home, that the beggar who had been healed, he said, I don't want to leave you. So he was pegado to Peter and John. After he was healed, he said, hey, can I hang out with y'all? So he was just walking everywhere Peter and John went. There went the beggar. And so every time they testified about Jesus, they had evidence that God was able to heal. Somebody shout evidence. The religious people were mad because they were talking about Jesus, but they had tangible proof because everybody knew that that man was the beggar, but now he's walking and he's no longer begging. And many people were coming to Christ. So in chapter 4, the Sadducees come and they arrest Peter and John and throw them in prison. Your Bible says that along with the high priest and Caiaphas, the Sadducees, they arrest Peter and John. They throw him in prison and they begin to interrogate him. Somewhere around verse 7 of chapter 4, I'm giving you a repose. Somewhere around verse 7, watch, they say, how is it that you're doing these things? And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power and by whose name did you do this? Peter and John says, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he begins to preach and testify to those that had arrested him. Amazing. The chapter goes on to say that they begin to tell him, ready? Stop telling people about Jesus. Listen, okay, we see the beggars healed. Okay, maybe Jesus healed them. Will you just be quiet, though? Will you just stop talking about Jesus? 
incredible. Now watch what verse 13 says. We're just running through it. This, isn't, this is just the introduction. Hang out with me now. This isn't even the sermon. We're about to get to the sermon. This is all the introduction. So in verse 13, watch now. Watch what they say. Verse 13. Ready? Read. Time out. Y'all got to read it con ganas. If you're, not, if you're, if you're already kind of used to this church, you know we read together con ganas. So why don't you just start strong from the beginning? Orale. Mamono. Ready? Read. Stop. They saw the they saw the insecurity of Peter and John. They saw the timidity of Peter and John. They saw the shame of Peter and John. They saw the boldness of who? Of Peter and John. And they perceived that they were what? Number one, uneducated. Number two, everybody say common men. What does that mean? That means they were like us. They were like us. Touch your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, they were like us. No, come on, tell them for real. Say, neighbor, they were like us. Uneducated common men. But they were bold. Somebody shout, they were bold. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men. They were what? They were astonished. Ready? And this is what I love. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Can I tell you that when you've been with Jesus, somebody's going to recognize it? You don't got to post about it on your Instagram. Oh, I've just been with the Lord for six hours now. Praise the Lord. No, you don't got to know. When you've been with Jesus, somebody's going to say, that man's been with you. That lady right there, she's been hanging out with Jesus. That one right there, you can see the love of God on her face. I know you've been with Jesus. They were astonished. They said, hey, isn't this Peter and John? They're common men like us. Son como nosotros. They eat tacos like we do. I went to school with this guy. He's like me. In fact, he did. He got terrible grades. Peter, Peter, the one that was always cussing, the one that carries a shank. He's preaching the Bible. That Peter testifying. If you keep reading through the chapter in verse 21, they say, hey, just stop it. But they couldn't, they, they, they told him, just stop testifying. But they couldn't find a way to punish them because as they were interrogating them, the people, the masses began to grow larger and larger. And all the people were praising God for the miracle of that blind, of, the, of that beggar, I should say. They saw the miraculous power of God and the, all on the people began to grow and they began to praise. So they said, how are we going to punish these people? Watch what verse 21 says, ready, read. Wait, ready? Read. Why? They tried to punish them. They said, we can't. We got to let them go. Because all the people, what were they doing? Somebody shout, they were praising God. All the people praising God for what had happened. Amazing. So they let them go. 
They tell them, hey, stop talking about Jesus. Listen to me. They commanded Peter and John to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. They said, stop it. We're going to let you go. Just be quiet. And that's the plan of the enemy. The enemy wants you to be quiet, and he uses shame of your past. In fact, I feel the presence of God right now leading me to encourage some of you. The enemy will use your past failures to convince you that you don't have a right and that you don't have a voice. And that is the plan of your enemy. You have every right to testify. I don't care if you messed up even before you got to church. You keep opening your mouth. You keep testifying that God is a good God. I wish you to help me now preach it like I feel it. You keep opening your mouth. The devil's trying to tell somebody in here you don't have a right to. Who do you think you are? You tell him, I have been forgiven by the grace of God. I am loved by my Father. And even though I'm not perfect, he's perfect in all his ways. And you're not going to shut my mouth. The more you tell me to be quiet, the more I'm going to praise. The more I'm going to talk. The more I'm going to testify. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want you to see yourself in the spirit with the devil trying to put duct tape over your mouth. You rip that off today and you leave here talking again. It's like that movie Friday. When Debo come, when Debo come around, I'll be quiet. But once he leave, I'll be talking again. Touch your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, be bold. Now look at verse 23. We got to get to the sermon now. Verse 23. So uh, watch this now. Verse 23. Give me verse 23. So they were released. Everybody shout, they were released. And this was before Aladdin bail bonds. Rocky bail bonds. No, no, none of that. They let them go because they couldn't find a way to punish them. So they were released. And right after they let them go, Peter and John go right to the prayer meeting. Watch. When they were released, they went to their friends and they reported to the chief priests and the elders everything that they said to them. So they went to the prayer meeting with their friends and they said, hey, we got locked up for talking about Jesus. But then we told them about Jesus and then they told us to stop talking about Jesus. That's what they told them. Verse 24. Watch. Now, let me say this real quick. Notice that as soon as they got out, they went to their friends. Can I say this? I saw this yesterday at the outreach. Christians are better together. I'm going to say it one more time. We are better together. That's not only about marriage. The church is better when we're together, when we're all working together. One army. Come on. One body. One mind. One accord. Same spirit. God is able to do great things when we work together. There's strength in numbers. When everybody pulls together, there's an encouragement that goes throughout the body. We, we don't feel like we're alone. We feel like we can do it better together. That's why we need your support. We need you to be in the house of God. I'm encouraged every time I see you in church. I'm encouraged every time I see you because I know that if you're going through hell and they're going through hell, but they're still here, then that gives me hope when I go through hell and high water. Oh, I wish I, wish I had a church in here because if God will get you through, then he can get me. Somebody shout, we're in this together. Tell your neighbor, we're in this together. Stop. Time out. Some of you don't like talking to your neighbor. 
What you going to do when you get to heaven? I see some of you. You're like, I say, tell your neighbor. And you're like, no, I ain't talking to my neighbor. First of all, I don't know people. I don't talk to strangers, all right? Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Cut it out. You have a thousand friends on Facebook that you don't even know who they are. Liking their pictures, commenting on their status. You don't even know who they be. But you can't talk to your neighbor and just talk to your neighbor and just tell them, neighbor. Come on, say neighbor. Be bold. I'll tell them one more time. Tell them, neighbor. We're in this together. Together. You're brown, I'm white. In it together. You're black, I'm brown, yellow, red, anything in between. We're in this together. You say tomato, I say tomato. You eat spaghetti, I eat nopales. You eat paste pecani. You're like, no, I don't eat paste pecani. Some people eat paste pecani. Look at Sister Lori, I don't eat paste pecani, no. Some eat paste pecani, some eat la perrona, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. Ahí lo venden la carnicería. Estoy hablando de salsa. Cálmate. Shout, we're better together. You be careful. There's always people in every church, no matter how big or small the church, there's always people that are trying to divide. Our church, every church has them. You know, everywhere. Oh, you know, let's divide this. Oh, we don't like them. And they don't know. We don't like him. Be leery of all that. You look them dead in their face and say, hey, 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 hey. We're better together. So just cut. We're on the same team. Oh, I'm making the devil mad today and I like it. I said, I'm making the devil mad today and I like it. We're on the same team. Okay. Back to the text. Ready? So they were released. They went to their friends and they reported what the chief priest and the others said in verse 24. I love it. And so they began to pray. So when they heard it, watch. When everybody heard it, the prayer meeting, when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together. They lifted up their voices together to God. And they said, oh, sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in it. Watch. They began to pray. God, we know who you are. God, you're the one who created it all. Sovereign Lord, you created the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. Keep going. Verse 25. This is amazing. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Ghost, why did the Gentiles rage and the, and the people's plot in vain? He's quoting Psalm 2, by the way, if you know your Bible. Let's continue reading, please. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Verse 27. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus. They gathered against Jesus. Whom you appointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Verse 28, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. We'll talk about that another time. Hallelujah. Verse 29. Here it is. Ready? And now. Somebody shout, and now. And now, Lord. Ooh, I love it. And now, Lord. Look upon their threats. Let's be clear. They were looking at prison time. Peter and John were fresh out. Out on bail. They come to the prayer meeting, brother Tony, and say, hey, we barely got out. How'd it go? Cool. 
They told us to stop, but we ain't going to stop. Orale, let's pray. So they began to pray. Watch. Here's a prayer. Now, Lord, look upon their threat. Go back. Look upon their threats and grant to your servants. Here it is. Ready? To continue to speak your word with all. Hallelujah. With all boldness. Verse 30. Ready? While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That tells us number one. Here's the sermon. Ready? Number one. Uh, give me number one, please. Ready? When... when, when Supernatural boldness. No, you missed the point. So you're, you're number one, supernatural boldness. The boldness of the Spirit comes with the fullness of the Spirit. Amen. The boldness. Everybody say the boldness. Come on, say the boldness of the Spirit comes with the fullness of the Spirit. Here it is. Real simple. Fullness. Boldness. Show me somebody that's full, and I'll show you somebody that's bold. Show me somebody that's empty, I'm going to show you somebody that's quiet. You can't be full of the Holy Ghost and be a coward. Not going to happen. If you see a believer cowardly, it's because they need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Need to be filled up. Afraid? Timid? Uh-oh, I'm going to step on toes. Embarrassed? Ooh. Now some of you are like, well, pastor, it's because I'm shy. So am I. You're like, you're shy? I am. You see me up here and you think, oh, wow, he's out there. No, I'm not. I am as introverted as they come. You see me out in the street. I'm not loud. I'm not boys. You're going to see me real chill, real quiet, keeping to myself. I promise you I am. Now, if you get to know me a little bit better, you'll get to know another side. But you won't see me on the street acting, acting wild and loud. That's not me. You see me up here boisterous and loud, it's because of the, uh, the anointing of God. That's all. Well, how are you so bold? Because of the Holy Ghost. I can't take credit for this. And if they ever make it against the law in this country to preach the gospel, y'all better bail me out. Why are you laughing, Pastor Joe? You're going to be right there with me. <laughs> He's laughing right now. Don't you smile. You're going to be in prison with me too. Minister Wilson, don't be nodding your head. It's going to be us four. And they're going to lock the door. Sister Tobar, don't be laughing. You're going to be on the other side of the prison too. Hallelujah. Why? Because with the fullness of the Spirit comes the boldness of the Spirit. Now the word boldness in Greek is the word parousia. And the word parousia, watch what it means. It means freedom in speaking. Unreserved. Woo! Without ambiguity. That means clear. My God, a lot of times when we try to share Jesus, we get real ambiguous. Well, you know, I mean, the, the being in the sky. No, forget all that. Just call it what it is. Jesus! Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, the big man up there. No, no, big man up. No, 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 no. So, Jesus. Unreserved, without ambiguity, without the use of figures and comparisons. And then I love this part. Ready? The word in Greek means free and fearless confidence. That's why you're in this service right now. Because some of you are timid, you're shy, you're embarrassed, and you're not bold. But if you would get filled with the Spirit of God, get ready. Because he's about to give you a supernatural boldness. Oh, if you believe it, clap your hands and give God a praise. Somebody shout boldness. Somebody shout boldness. We need a boldness from the Spirit in the year 2019. You were bold in the world. Why aren't you bold in God? Go and tell everybody you know about a man named Jesus of Nazareth. Tell them there's hope for you. There's life in Jesus. You don't have to be bound to drug addiction. You don't have to be bound in sin. Alcohol doesn't have to keep you in chain. There is a man by the name of Jesus that can set the captive free. It's about time that we wake up from complacency. The world needs some bold witnesses of the power of God. Stand up. Speak up. Somebody needs to hear that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be bold. Be full. Be full. Be full of the Holy Ghost and he'll make you a witness of his glory and his power. Somebody shout hallelujah. Be seated. We need some bold people out in here. We need some bold believers in these streets. Be bold. Speak freely. Speak fearlessly. With confidence and with courage. That was their prayer. Think about that. They said, Lord, give us boldness to continue to speak your word. But we don't only want to speak your word. We want to do it with boldness not political correctness boldness this was their prayer and that tells us secondly that supernatural boldness should make us supernaturally selfless verse 30 watch their prayer was not about self they weren't asking for anything for themselves they were saying lord we want to testify about you Ready? And then they said, Lord, stretch out your hand that you would heal, that you would do signs, you would do wonders, and that our testimony would be followed by the evidence that you have our back. There's a temptation to be seen these days. It's great to be used by God. There's no higher honor. But don't let the desire to be used by God become a desire to be seen. Ooh, I'm going to rewind and say that one more time. Don't let a desire to be used by God turn into a desire to be seen by men. I'm on the platform now. Don't you know who I am? No, I'm elevated. God is using me mightily. No, don't do that. Their prayer was that God be glorified. That's what our delight, that's what our desire should be. Our delight is found, put it up there, in displaying God's glory. Not, not displaying our glory. This is not about us. No, not to us. Not to us, oh Lord, but to your name. Be the glory. You and I are just a display of the glory of God. Our job is to tell people about a God who can 
can do anything but fail. Our job is to display the glory and the majesty of a God who's able. When you're bold, hallelujah, supernatural boldness should make us supernaturally selfless. Oh. So what was the result of their prayer meeting? Here it is. We're almost done. Ready? Watch verse 31, and then we close. Verse 31, Junior, come. And when they had prayed, I love it. Ooh, we're done. My God, that clock, man, that clock is a liar. What time is it? Is it already that time? It's already time to go. Watch. And when they had prayed. We have a third service after this one. When they had prayed. Help me read. Ready? And when they had prayed. Well, help me read. Ready? And when they had prayed. What happened? Was what? Stop. Now, there appears to be a correlation here between a supernatural outpouring of God's spirit and things shaking. If you know your Bible, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were locked up in a dungeon. They were in chains, and they weren't complaining. They were praying. Ooh, that's a sermon all by itself. We bump our tone like, oh, I ain't going to church. Well, I'm at the We get a headache. Oh, I can't go to the church. My head hurts. Paul and Silas were in chains in the deepest prison cell. And they were praying and singing songs. I want that kind of attitude. I, I, got, I, can't, I got to keep it 100. I, I don't think I'm there yet, but boy, I want that kind of attitude. to be able to say, Even if I'm in prison in a, in a cell, I want to be able to pray and sing. So Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 16, they were in the prison and they were praying. And while they were praying, your Bible says, suddenly there was an earthquake and the prison began to shake where they were. Watch. And the doors began to open. Acts 16, they prayed, the earth shook. Acts 4, they prayed, and things began to shake. Can I tell you that anytime everything around you begins to shake, it's because God's about to do something miraculous. Let me prophesy to somebody right now, if everything in your life appears to be unstable, who am I preaching to? Somebody in the back better hear me. If things seem like they're unstable right now, it's because God is shaking up your circumstances. God is shaking up your environment. God is shaking up your family. Who am I preaching to? God has been shaking things up. But if he's shaking it up, it's because he's about to pour it out. Somebody shout hallelujah. And God shakes everything around us so that our faith will be unshakable. I'm going to say it again. God shakes everything around you so that your faith can remain unshakable. And he turns you into one of those believers that can testify with all your heart to say, everything around me might be shaken, but my faith will not be shaken. going through a hard time but my faith is strong and steadfast everything around me seems to be uncertain but my God is a never changing rock everything around me is shaken but it's only a sign that God has heard my prayer and he's about to do a supernatural work somebody shout shake it up God oh you don't want to pray that prayer you're scared I see you somebody shout shake it up God 
Shake me, God. Shake everything. All the complacency, all the doubters, all the haters, all my secret enemies, all the people that say they're friends but are low-key hating behind my back. Shake it up, God. Shake everything around me so that I would learn how to depend on you alone. Shake everything that I depend on, God, that I would stand firmly upon your word. Hallelujah. As they prayed, everything began to shake. Give me the verse now. Verse 31. Here's the result of their prayer meeting. As they prayed, verse 31, as they prayed, everything, watch, the place in which they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled. Somebody shout, all filled. Didn't say some. It didn't say, and the preachers were filled. It didn't say some were filled and the others were asleep in the back. It said, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what was a result of that feeling? And they continued to what? Speak. With what? It says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with boldness. Because fullness of the Spirit leads to boldness in the Spirit. You didn't hear me. Fullness of the Spirit leads to boldness in the Spirit. Find somebody bold, and I'll tell you that that person's been with Jesus. I saw a meme, and we're the generation of memes. I saw a meme the other day on social media, and it said, how I look before I go into the prayer meeting. And, it was, and by the way, let me see, I don't like cats. Pray for me. I don't care if you like them, love them. I don't care. I don't like cats, never have. I'm not mean to them, but we don't like cats. Gatos, no. We can't do the fur ball, the licking, nah, nah, none of that. Cats have an attitude. They'll make you feel like you're living in their house. Walk in and they look at you like, what are you doing here? A dog, though, a dog will be happy to see you every day. Someone said out there, hey, for those of you that like dogs, hey, the cats are never the ones telling the police about your drugs. That's why I believe that cats aren't saved for real. Cats aren't saved. But I saw the meme. We got to go. But I saw the meme and it had a picture of a little cat. And it said, me going into the prayer meeting. Right? Little cat, little orange cat. How I look before I go into the prayer meeting. And then the second picture said, me coming out of the prayer meeting. And it was a lion. Come on, Judy. Come on. Come on, Abundant Life Church. Come on, Abundant Life Church. We might go in like a kitty cat, but you're coming out like a lion. Your Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's how you are. Sometimes you come to church weak. Come on, sometimes you come to church low. But when you leave here, you ought to have your chest out, your shoulders back, and your head up. You're leaving bold. You're leaving healed. You're leaving full of the Holy Ghost. I came in weak, but now I'm strong. Somebody shout boldness. Woo! Bold as a lion. 
So here's the exhortation for this week. There you go. That's us right there. Look at that. There's Pastor Joe right there at the top of the kitty right there in the front. And there's Sister Sandra right next to him. Sister Brown is the third one. Sister Wiley is the fourth one. Give me the exhortation here. So here's what we do. This week, beginning today, I want you to ask God. Hallelujah. I want you to ask God. And I want you to believe God. Ready? For supernatural boldness. That he would stretch out his hand. Not your hand, his hands. Lord, stretch out your hand and heal. Do wonders. Do signs to testify of your glory. Common people. I love it. Common people do uncommon things when they believe in a supernatural God that has no limits. Our God has no limits. Stop limiting the Lord, what he can do. I challenge you this week to say, God, give me boldness. But not just boldness, supernatural boldness. In the face of prison time, make me bold. Wow. At Walmart, at Macy's, at my job, make me a bold, born-again, spirit-filled Christian. Will you lift your hands with me and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit and make me bold.